restarting your Wi-Fi. How many can you testify? That? How, many, how many of you restarting your Wi-Fi? How many restart your routers? How many times a day or throughout the week restart your Wi-Fi routers at home? You lose internet connection, but that's what we're going to preach on tonight. If you will, if you got your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter number 18. As you see there in wall, stand. I'll give you one last chance to stretch your legs. Stand up if you can stand, that is. Genesis chapter number 18, starting out in verse number 23. And when we get to this point here, uh, as we pick up the story here in Genesis, we get to Abraham here. And he is talking and praying, really, to God. And, and, and I love this because it's almost like we get to take a, a, a peek into the window of Abraham's prayer closet of his one-on-one communion with God. And we get to watch this unfold right here within the pages of Scripture. And, and, and I want to draw something from that and then apply this, this, uh, this awkward title that you may think, and what are you talking about? I thought we was coming to church, not a tech class. Amen? Uh, I know how to restart my router, pull the power, and plug it back in. But, uh, but we're going to apply this in, in, a, in a spiritual way here in just a few moments as, as God laid it upon my heart. Genesis chapter number 18, starting out in verse number 23. Follow along if you will. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? And peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy uh, without those without wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? And that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. Be far from it from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord and the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Verse 27, And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which I am but, of, but dust and ashes. Peradventure uh, there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Wilt thou destroy the city for the lack of five? And he said, If I find five, if I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he spake again unto him, uh, unto him yet again, and said, Peradventure, there shall be forty found there. And he said, I will, I will not do it for the forty's sake. And he said unto him, Oh, let Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure, there shall, there shall be, there shall thirty be found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. You see what Abraham's doing? He's slowly bringing it down. You see, because if you, get, if you understand the context of the verse, Lot is there and his family's there, and he's worried about them. So he's interceding with God, praying for his family. Amen. Get it now in verse number 31. And he said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure, uh, there shall be twenty found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the twenty's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure, ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the ten's sake. And, he, and the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham. And Abraham returned unto his place. And very quickly tonight, I, wanna, I don't have an outline. I, don't, I got an outline, amen. I just don't have points and subpoints. It's just like last week. It's more or less just a thought. I'll give you the thought and we'll be on the road. But I don't want you to miss 
what we're going to what we're going to talk about tonight. And verse number thirty three, and the Lord went His way as soon as He had left communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. I want to preach on restarting your Wi-Fi tonight. Let's pray, and then and then we'll get right into the message. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for all your many blessings. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to be back in your house. Lord, we thank you for everything that has taken place, Lord, thus far. Lord, I thank you for the music, and I thank you for the musicians who play, and Lord, I thank you for the special song that was sung, and, and God, I pray, Lord, that you would just help us, Lord, in the remainder of the service. Lord, I don't think we'll be long. Lord, I just want to give them what you gave me. Uh, Lord, just a simple thought, Lord, on prayer and restarting our Wi-Fi, and God, I pray, Lord, that you would just take the thought that you've given me, Lord. May you apply it unto, unto, uh, unto all the others, Lord. May it help somebody. May it encourage somebody. Uh, to die, tonight, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just have freedom and liberty to move uh, from heart to heart and from chair to chair. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, Lord. Give them an extra dose of energy. I know they're weary tonight, Lord, no doubt. They've worked long hours. They, they've been in a, in a busy rush all afternoon, all day long. And, and then we come in here and we kind of put the brakes on, Lord. And may we, may we just focus upon you for the next little short time that we have here, and Lord, may we focus upon your word and what you have for us. We love you, Lord. I ask God that you would use me, Lord. I cannot do it without you, God. I need you to flow through me. Help me, and Lord, I pray that you'd help the congregation to listen well tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. I do want to preach just for a moment on restarting your Wi-Fi, and as we get to this point here, and, and Abraham's life is what we talked about just a few moments ago. As we see, uh, Lot has already uh, ventured away from Abraham there. They, they split up. They went their own separate ways. And Lot uh, decided, him and his family, they went and dwelt in a place of, uh, called Sodom and Gomorrah a place that was full of wickedness, a place that was full of immorality. Uh, this place, had, Lot had no reason to go there, amen? Uh, but he ended up choosing this place and dwelling there. And we see here, as we get to verse number 23 through 33, we see almost a window into Abraham's prayer closet. As he gets alone with God and he is communing, as we see there in verse number 33, as he left communing, the Bible says, as he was communing, as he was talking to God and interceding and he was praying his heart out that God would spare the that place and and because God came and told him that he's going to rain fire and brimstone he's going to destroy that place from the face of the earth and and we know that does happen if, if you fast forward there we know that does take place but as the thought come in there and Abraham began to pray he began to seek God's face and began to commune with him and pray and intercede for his own family you know and I thought about this as I got down to verse number 33 and the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing you know, it wasn't just a quick, short time. It was it was a time of communing. They they spent time there. You know, we don't know we don't know the exact timeline, how long he said. You know, we read it and it took us what just a couple of minutes. But something tells me that it happened in a longer span than just a couple of minutes. As there was a, probably a lot of crying involved, a lot of tears and a lot of heartache as, as Abraham is pouring out his heart to God and, and begging God not to destroy this place. And and I and I see and I can almost picture it. You know, that's what you need to do when you read the Bible. Picture these stories and picture and put your place, uh, picture you as a fly almost on a wall. And you're watching these events take place. And really use your imagination as, as Abraham is here and he's on his knees, no doubt, probably pouring out his heart unto God and begging him not to destroy this place because he has family there. And he loves his family and he doesn't want to see Lot and his family destroyed. So he begs God and he begs God. And, and you see the, the, the going back and forth as they began to dwindle down the numbers back and forth. But the verse number 33 really stuck out to me as when he had left communing. You know, he spent time there. But one thing I noticed as well that God also was communing back with him. 
It was not a time for him just to speak to God, but it was a time for God to speak back unto him. You know, when I thought about that, I was like, oh my, to have a prayer life like Abraham, to go to God and speak to God and God to speak to you. But then I thought, wait a minute, <laughs> child of God, wait a minute. You and I can do just that. You and I can do exactly what Abraham was doing here as he was on his knees crying out to God and God talking to him and God, they were communing one-on-one -on -one and you and I can have that same thing. If you're born again this tonight, if you're saved, that is, if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have the same access that Abraham did. You have access unto your heavenly Father. You can go directly to him with anything with any prayer that comes into your mind. And I thought about it, oh, to have a prayer life like Abraham, but you and I have that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 15 through 19, whereof the Holy Ghost also is witness to us, for after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds, and I will write them, listen to this now, in their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more where there is no, where there is no remission of these, there is no more offering of sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ. You and I can go directly to God as we see Abraham did here. Abraham was just going directly to God, not for himself. Notice this prayer also, it was not a selfish prayer. He didn't pray for himself. He didn't pray that God would bless him. He wasn't praying for blessings upon his family and upon his servants and upon everything that he had. No, he was going for someone else. Amen. He was interceding for someone else that maybe nobody else was praying for, but yet Abraham was. He went directly to God with his petition. And you and I tonight, through the blood of Jesus Christ, if you're saved, have that same direct access into a holy and just God. We can go boldly, as like in just Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, boldness to enter into the holiest of holies by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have that direct access. We have that direct line of communication directly to God. You know, and I, I thought about this. You know, a lot of times, we don't take prayer serious enough, I don't think. It's almost in a passing thought or on a whim. It's, you know, usually it's when something negative happens. I'm just as guilty. As soon as, soon as something negative happens or a phone call or a text or an email comes in or you hear about something, it's like, oh, man, I should pray for them. But the whole time, God's saying, oh, you should have been praying for them the whole time. Just like Abraham here. Abraham didn't wait until Lot was, Lot's life was getting ready to be wrecked and ruined. And no doubt he's been praying the whole time, but then he hears God's getting ready to destroy this place. And then he go, begins to beg God to wait, hold off, hold off, God. Would you destroy the righteous with the unrighteous? He begins to intercede even that much more and begins to commune with him. But I thought about this. You know, we take prayer sometimes lightly, especially with our kids. Amen? The young teenagers, the, the, the young adults, I got four little ones, six little ones right now. And you know what's awesome? If you ask them, hey, what do you want to pray about? You will get some of the craziest answers. I'm telling you what, ask any little kid what they want to pray about. You will get some crazy answers. I kid you not, we've been praying for SpongeBob. We've been praying for Patrick, Olaf, Scooby-Doo, all the, all the mascots that we pray for them. Amen? I asked my kids, Ben, what do you, who do you want to pray for? I said, who do you want to pray for tonight, buddy? He says, well, mama, daddy, of course, he names all the kids, you know, B.B. and Paw Paw. 
And he goes, oh, then we can't forget Spider-Man, SpongeBob, Scooby-Doo. And he names all the mascots off of them. And at first, the first time he'd done this to me, I'm like, really? I kind of did that. And then afterward, the Holy Spirit said, don't do that. Don't do that in front of him. Because you see, when we let, when we let them, hey, what do you want to pray for? And they tell us all these things. It's very important that we just pray for them. Because we teach them a good lesson. We're teaching them a good lesson that they can go to God for any prayer request. Amen? We're teaching them at a young age that they can go to God with any prayer request they have. I pray for SpongeBob. You say, well, SpongeBob's not real. He's a character. No, he's our mascot. Amen? He's here at VBS. It's a five, day at five, five nights that night. Amen? I pray for SpongeBob, Patrick, and I, we pray for all the mascots. We pray for the dog. Amen? But it's good to teach them that at a young age. Some of, you, some of you young couples in here, freshly married, you're going to have kids in the future, amen? Amen? <laughs> we need, amen? All the grandparents say, hey, man. But when you have kids, I want to go ahead and let you know right now. Ask them what they want to pray for. And it's so awesome, the tenderness of a child. You know, with, with a tenderness heart, they say, well, I want to pray for so-and-so. I want to pray for them. And they may name a lot of people, and then you get the off-the-wall things. But don't roll your eyes like I did. Don't go, oh, come on, do we really have to? Don't do that. Because you teach them at a young age that they can go to God for anything. And with that being said, just like you and I right now as adults, see, sometimes we don't take things to God. <clears throat> Even the little things, the, the off-the-wall things, we don't take them to God because we don't think it's important enough or God doesn't care enough or God doesn't care about this little thing. This person over here, they're battling cancer. He doesn't care that, that, that I'm short $2 on my power bill. But he does. But he does care. And he wants you to bring all the petitions unto him. He wants you just to come to him and pray and ask him. Commune with him as Abraham did. You say, well, Abraham had a big prayer request. Yes, but did you know God looks out for his children? Amen. If you're his children, you're saved tonight. You're his child. Would you do anything for your children? Amen. I know I would. I would give anything to, to keep my children safe, to, to give them whatever it is that they need in life. And, and how, how do you and I think, I mean, our Heavenly Father wants to do the exact same thing for us, but sometimes He just waits for us to ask Him. He's got the blessings right there, and He's waiting for us to even ask for the smallest and off-the-wall things that we can think of that we need in our life at that moment. But He's just waiting for you and I to go to Him in prayer. Because through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have direct access. We have direct communication with an almighty, powerful God. So I ask the question here, but are you doing so? Are you taking time out to call, on to, to call out to God and ask him for anything? The big things, the small things. But are you carving out that section of time in your life? I know we're all busy, <laughs> and we just keep getting more busier. Amen? And more busy, more busy, more busy. We, we, we are, like Pastor says all the time, we're living in the most busiest generation ever. And every year goes by, the more technology increases, guess what happens? The faster life goes. But it's very important that we stop. We take some time out and go to an almighty God and just pray and commune with him. You know, sometimes it doesn't even have to be over something in general. Maybe you don't really, you say, well, I don't have nothing to pray about. Sure you do. Sure you do. You, someone that says that hasn't really stopped and thought. They're still running their life. Stop and take just a moment and just think about your family. Is all my family saved? So-and-so's not. My aunt's not. My uncle's not. Okay, I need to be praying for them. We all have somebody in our family that's not saved, amen? 
So we all have somebody that we should be praying for on a daily basis like Abraham did. Hey, you know, just continually bringing that petition to God, interceding for them. But beyond all that, even the smallest things, maybe you just need to stop and thank God that you don't really have anything bad going on in your life. You say, well, I don't have anything to pray about. You, you mean nothing's going bad right now. Amen? Amen. You, that's usually what it means. Well, I don't have nothing to pray about. Well, that means everything's going good. Give him praise. Stop and give him praise. Let's stop and thank him for blessings. Stop and thank him for helping our business. Stop and thank him for making the car run great for many, many years. And, hey, let's thank him for helping those tires to last even that much more longer. Let's thank him for making that tank of gas go that much farther down the road. Amen. Hey, let's stop and just thank him for the blessings in our life. Commune with God one-on-one. It's very important in our lives to make it through this life in which you and I are in right now that we stay in a constant communication, stay connected I'm going to throw out a few key words here that's going to relate back to this right here. That we stay connected to God. Because when we lose that connection, that's usually when we need Him the most. The time that we pulled away. Amen. Amen. The time when we pulled away, we haven't prayed as much as we ought to. We haven't thanked Him enough for everything that He's blessed us with. That's the time when usually something bad happens. And then we have to, oh, something bad happens. Now I'm going to go to God. But we should take time out and thank Him for all the good things that He blesses us with on a daily basis. So I ask you, how's your prayer life right now? And I'm preaching this because the Holy Spirit doesn't preach this to me, amen? God doesn't done a work on my heart on this. How's your prayer life? You know, sometimes we get caught up in everything that's going on around us in our life, and, and we forget to pray. Or, or maybe we're just so tired. Can I get a witness? You're so tired. You run down. You work and work and work from sun up to sundown. You run and run and run and you go and go and go. And by the time you get home, you eat dinner, you take a shower, you're just done. I mean, you're exhausted and you lay down. And before you know it, your alarm is going back off in the morning. Amen. One of the worst feelings ever. No, the worst feeling ever is waking five minutes up before your alarm goes off. Can I get a witness? I cannot stand that. Amen. But sometimes we just run life so much so and we're just tired. And we forget to pray. We forget to thank him for keeping us safe all day. We forget to thank him for watching over our family. For safety as our family travels up and down these highways. You know, sometimes we just need to slow down. Hit the pause button. Sometimes it might be good just to kill the Wi-Fi in the house. So everybody can stop what they're doing and pray. Amen. Hey, it was not a bad idea. Write that down, Haley. I'll tell my wife later, all right? Write that down. We might have to pull the Wi-Fi. But sometimes we just need to stop and thank him. Stop and pray for those that are around us. Stop and pray for our family members. Stop and pray for any situation that comes up. You know, we get so caught up in life that sometimes we just don't stop. We can't stop. We think, well, I got this going on. I got this going on. I don't have time to pray. But it's amazing how we carve out time for anything that we want to do, things that excite us, things that feed the flesh more often than not, those things that we get really super excited for. We can take time and carve out for that. We can, sometimes we carve out a whole weekend for these events, but we can't carve out an hour of prayer a day just to give God thanks for allowing us to go do these events and go to these special places. You know, and I thought about this the other day. Here's where this comes from having some issues with my Wi-Fi at the house. And it's not a blessing when the Wi-Fi goes out, and that's all you use in the house for everybody. I'm talking Benjamin's on his iPad, 
Haley's on her phone. Uh, my wife's on her phone. You know, we got the TV playing in, in, in the living room for on the little kids' shows. And all of a sudden, the Wi-Fi goes out and everything goes. And then the wheel. The wheel of death, right? Nobody likes that buffering wheel. How many of you hate the buffering wheel? How many of you want to do away with it? It's going to be here forever. I'm sorry. But the Wi-Fi starts going out. It shows I'm connected. But here's the thing. I look at my phone. It's, well, I'm connected. The Wi-Fi says it's there. I'm connected to the Wi-Fi. We're good. Now I go to the TV. Well, the TV's connected. And I said, honey, what's going on? You hear the kids, mom, the iPad's not working. What's going on? Jeez, I don't know. Let me look into it. Hold on. Let me try to figure this out. The kids are going crazy because now all of a sudden they don't have entertainment. Amen? I'm like, go outside, play, or do something else. You don't need electronics. But I thought about this. It was showing I was connected to the Internet, but I really wasn't. Amen? You're going to get this in a second. It was showing that I had connection, but somewhere along the way there was a break in communication. We lost communication. There was no communication. I think I'm connected, but I'm not. So what do I do? I do it like any responsible parent does. We go in there and we just, well, I don't know what to do. Pull the power. Wait, count 10 seconds, plug it back in. We restarted the router. You watch these little flashing lights go and you watch them count down. Come on, come on. It's almost like hitting the lottery if it goes all the way down to the bottom, I'm telling you. And you're watching it going, receiving, connecting. Come on, internet light, boom, and it stays green. You're like, yes, everything starts playing again. It's like everything just picked right back up, right where it was left off, right? Get this now, right where it left off, right where that movie left off, it just started playing right back where it started, right where the last website that you were on, it just popped right back up. And I love this thought, I love this thought that God gave me right here, that, you know, sometimes in our life, we get so busy, so called up, so wound up in the world, that sometimes we just got to stop. Pull the plug on everything. Because guess what? When we get back to it, it's still going to be right there where we left it at. Let's just take a moment and just thank him for who he is, for what he's done in our life, for our salvation. If anything else, just give him praise for that. And something else will remind you and spur up other things in your mind and other things in your other things that you're thinking about that you need to be prayerful for. But we need to pause just for a moment. Because those things can wait. And when you, get, when you get right back to it, guess what? It picks right back up where you left off. You're running the same race that you've been running. You're going to the same job you've been going to. You're going to the same thing. But sometimes we just got to pause just for a moment and get connected back. And we think we're connected, but we're really not. And God sometimes says, let's stop everything for just a moment. Let's hit the pause button for just a moment and get reconnected. You know, and then I thought about this, that Prayer will bring revival. And that's what we need in this day and time. We need more praying. More than we need a church service. More than you need a good outline preached to you. More than you need even fellowship with one another. We just need more praying. I'm talking about communing with God like Abraham did. I think it's about time that you and I, as our church folk, you're here on a Wednesday night. And I applaud you for that, and I thank you so much for being here. But I think it's time that we as the church would just pause more often and pray for our church. Pray for each church member within the church. Pray that God would do a great work within the church and that he would use each one of us and use the talents that God has blessed us with. It's time that you and I want to pray more for revival in this area, just within Union Grove. Maybe pray for even revival in your own, in your own family. We all have family that's lost, like I said earlier. But maybe it's time that we just pause 
pull that Wi-Fi, get no, hey, stop for just a second. Stop all the hustle and bustle for just a moment and begin to pray. Because we know prayer does bring revival. Second, Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. You could have stopped there. And seek my face and turn from the wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We know that prayer will always spur up God's hand in moving in situations. Because if we don't pray for it, God may not do it. But God's just waiting for us to pray and say, well, do you really want revival within your church? Do you really want to see your church grow? Do you really want to see your ministry take off? How long have you praying for your ministry? How often do you pray for that? How often do you pray for the ministry to really explode? How often do you pray for your church to grow? How often do you pray for the new building? How often do you pray for Union Grove? How often do you pray for your pastor? How often do you pray for the musicians? How often do you pray for the sound men? Thank you guys for the hard work that you guys do. But how often do we pray and really ask him to do something with our lives and do something with our church? That's all the challenge is tonight. I'm asking you just to carve out a time of prayer. Initially, I mean, intently set a time apart and just pray and seek God's face. Because I'm telling you, he will move. But I believe sometimes he's just waiting for us to ask for his moving. He wants to move, and he wants to use us. But I believe he's just waiting for us to ask, God, use me. Use me to help the ministry here at Calvary Baptist Church. Use me to excel. Use me to go out and witness. Use me to be able to be a testimony for you. Just a time of prayer, a time of communing with God, as we've seen there in verse number 33. That time of communing. And we see that Abraham here had a good connection with God. But how about you? You know, even Jesus, when he was on this earth, he even stopped multiple times and took time out of the busy ministry that he was in and took time to pray. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, And in the morning, rising up a great while before the day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Even Jesus, the Son of God. You say, well, I know he's got direct communication. He's the, he's the Son of God, right? Yes, but he, even he took time away from the ministry, took time away from the busyness, the hustle and bustle that it was his ministry on the earth, and took time to pray. Pray, pray, pray. It's a simple message tonight on prayer. Are you praying? If you're not, let's get started. Pick the time, pick the place, because God's just waiting. Amen? Prayer. I thought about this right here. I got a couple slides we'll throw up here. Prayer, the original wireless connection. Long before we had Wi-Fi, <laughs> we already knew how to get connected wirelessly to Almighty God. You know, when we think about this, the Bible tells us here that we are in a spiritual warfare. The Bible tells us all, in the book of Ephesians, it tells us to put on all these armor and to, to gird ourselves to, to, to pick up all these things, right? Because we know we're in a spiritual warfare. We battle not against flesh and blood, but the, the, the wiles of the devil, with the, the spiritual wickedness in, in high places. And because of that, you and I need to be in constant communication with our commander-in-chief. 
Because you know, any, any war, any army, any, you go back and throughout history, the main thing of any army was what? Communication. Wasn't not, not wasn't necessarily the weapons that the soldiers had. It wasn't necessarily uh, the provisions that they may have had, but it was access to that communication that they could always call in for any reinforcements, for any supplies, because the ultimate goal in any war is to what cut off communication to the enemy, because you will suffocate them from the inside out. You know the devil knows that about you and I. The devil knows that if he gets us busy in life. If he gets us so busy in life that we will begin to lose our communication and he'll cut off our communication to our supply line. And he knows that if he cuts off that supply line, then then he can slowly pull us away from doing the things of God. But just like you and I do, know, we, since we know that, that's why we ought to stop and just pray and stay in a constant communication with God, being always constantly connected to God. And we said this earlier but if you only pray when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. You think you're connected, but you're really not. Always be in prayer. The Bible tells us time and time again. That's the one thing the Bible tells us to do without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. To never end praying. Because praying keeps us in that constant communication to our commander-in-chief. That constant communication that provides us with everything that we ever need. It keeps us in that loop, if you would. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 and uh, four through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Let me help you with this. I'll give you two more slides. Wi-Fi, right here. Wait and rest upon God and stop. Pause for just a moment and rest upon him and let him do a work in your life. Interact and converse with God. Commune with him. Have a time. Focus on others and your needs, not your wants. I'll say that one again. Focus on others and your needs, not your wants. And intentionally create a habit of prayer. Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. I want you to think about this every time you go to connect to a Wi-Fi in your home, at a friend's house, at a business. Wait and rest upon God. Interact and converse with God. Focus on others and your needs, not your wants. Intentionally create a habit of prayer. Simply put, tonight, if you don't have a time when you commune with God one-on-one, -on -one, make one. There's nothing that says you have to have a specific spot that you have. Here's, here's your rules of meeting with God. It, it, there's no list. It's just stopping what you're doing. Pause your life for just a moment because life will go on. Trust me, they'll go on without you. <laughs> but pause for just a moment and pray and commune with God. One last slide here. I found this, and I love it. It's been, it's been several, uh, several weeks and months ago, actually, I come across this. And you may not be able to see it that well, but we'll leave it up on the screen. It says, how to pray for one hour. A lot of you say, pray for one hour? Are you kidding me? It's not that hard. You can look it up on the screen. I'll leave it up here, too. Ten minutes of praise. Use a psalm. Use a psalm from the Bible to form your praise. Mimic the author and pray around their themes. And then a time of maybe confession, five minutes. B, 
be still before God and allow him to search your heart for anything. Petition, kind of like what Abraham was doing, pray for others. Pray for the concerns that are on your heart, your family, your friends, your school, your work. Thanksgiving, five minutes. Offer prayers with thanksgiving. Give him all the thanks and honor. Maybe even sing. Maybe God lays a little, heart, a little song in your heart. Sing for just a moment. Intercession, 20 minutes. Pray for your leaders. Pray for those that are lost, missionaries, persecuted believers, and your own testimony. And then five minutes, finish it up with praise. Just finish up your, your time of prayer of giving him all the glory that he does deserve. I want to help you tonight, church. You know, it's great, it's great to be known as a singing church. It's great to be known as, as an evangelistic church, but we also need to be known as a praying church. Amen. A church that just gets down on their knees and goes to God for anything, for the big things that are going on in our life. And I know within our church, within a church this size, among the people that are here tonight, there's some big things going on. But there's also small things going on. And how often do you pray for each one, each, each one of those things that are going on? And how often do you pray for one another? I want to encourage you tonight just to take some time out. Figure it out whenever you time, you figure out your schedule and then you, you carve out a section of that time and just pray. Pray that God would move. Pray that God would use this church. Pray that God would continue to use our pastor as he has been doing from revival from revival. Using him to lead people to the Lord. Pray that God will bless this building up here. Pray that God would just use this ministry here at Calvary Baptist Church to be a lighthouse. That souls can be saved and people that are hurting and broken aren't afraid to come into the doors. Let, this be a, let, let our ministries thrive here at Calvary. But they will only thrive if we pray. If we pause and get on our knees and pray and thank God for what he's done. And then ask him to use each one of us. Let's pray tonight. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Just a moment of invitation tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you, God, for the access of prayer. God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through salvation, through, through him, through Jesus Christ, we can go directly and take all of our petitions directly to you. We can intercede for one another. We can take all of our prayers directly unto you. God, there's no prayer that you say that, you, that we can't take to you. There, there, there's no boundaries, really, for us to take anything to you. God, we ask of anything. And we have that access to go directly to you and ask of a Heavenly Father who loves us. And God, I pray that you would use our church. God, you know my heart and my desire. Lord, I pray for our young people. I pray for our youth. God, that this would be instilled in them at a young age, that they can go to you for anything that they have. Any issues that arise, whether it be small or big, God, I pray, Lord, that you help us here at Calvary Baptist Church to be a praying church. Lord, I know this wasn't a shouting message, but, Lord, I pray that it maybe have pricked the hearts of some of our people. Lord, that maybe if they don't have a prayer life, they'll come to you tonight, get on this altar, get it right with you, and then, Lord, may they start to have a prayer life, begin to have a prayer life. Begin to commune with you one-on-one -on -one and ask that you would use our church and use them and use the ministries here to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would help your people tonight humble ourselves. Lord, let pride get out of the way and may we just bow down unto you, a holy and just God, and give you all the praise and the honor and the glory that you deserve tonight. 
And then ask God that you would use us in a great way. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, I pray that everybody would stand together here with their heads bowed and eyes closed. The piano is going to play for just a moment, just a moment of invitation.